Chris Skelzer here with Matt Howell and featuring special guests and on this episode of the first run you know what it's Avengers time so Matt it's been how many years 11 years 21 films this makes 22 it does and we are wrapping up the first leg of what thousands maybe of Marvel films as long as the (laughs) earth lasts right we'll be seeing these movies well the first run is done we're finally going to discuss Avengers Endgame. We're going to do a spoiler-free version here in the first part. Then, as always, we'll tell you what's coming up in Blu-ray and DVD. And then we're going to do a spoiler-filled version. And then finally, we're going to tell you what our five favorite Marvel storylines should be adapted next. So we are featuring, of course, Eric Gern, who I'm very excited about. You can check out his blog, Full of Fried Fish. Eric, again, thank you for joining us. Last time you were here for the Incredibles 2 discussion, and we needed to upgrade you. So I said, if we're going to have him back, because I know he's going to knock it out of the park, we've got to do something big. So it's going to be Avengers Endgame. So no pressure. Hey, whatever it takes, right? (laughs) So let's start everything off with a little... uh... Man, it's actually happening. Here we go. God, seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave, became Iron Man. Realized I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. The world has changed. None of us can go back. can do is our best and sometimes the best that we can do is to start over so the infinity war is over what started with the original iron man in 2008 2008 we have now come we're we're doing the 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 procurement right of the infinity stones and thanos's plan basically to wipe out half of existence is what we've been building towards, and it's finally here. So, I don't even, man, I mean, do we even describe basically what the film's about? Well, so, well, we know, everyone knows how Infinity War ends, where Thanos wins, right? Half right. of existence is wiped out, and there's going to be a plan to try and reverse everything. Try and bring everybody back. And the Russo brothers make a bold move, and I think this may be a spoiler as we, we want to get, and basically they, they screw up. And they lose. Not so much they screw up, they're just not in time. Mm-hmm. And now we're dealing with the ramifications of everything that has happened. And maybe there's still still one more shot. So Matt, let me ask you. Let's start everything off. Did it work? Did they pull <laughs> it off? Did it meet your expectations? Is this what you were looking for? Has this been a fitting end to this gigantic run and this absolute feat in movie production um short answer yes with some qualifications i think um you know for a film that has this many characters and is this long this somehow feels like a i I hate to say a smaller film but i don't understand how to say it other than that from infinity war because 
uh, you know, Infinity War is really all about Thanos and it's all about the battles and the kind of being, you know, lost and uh, losing against these incredible odds and things like that. Whereas this is all kind of like, um, like personal stories of each one of the Avengers and how they kind of deal through and navigate through kind of the pieces that they have to do. Um, so it's all, it almost seems like it's a bunch of smaller character studies and, and heroism kind of thing and how each one of them deals with it. Um, so it just feels like a more intimate film. Maybe that's a better term for it. For what? Two for thirds? a Marvel film that's three hours long and involves the, the, uh, the uh, uh, death of everyone. Fair enough. Eric? General thoughts as before we as we dive in here. Okay, um, you know I I liked it, but at the same time, like uh, it, it felt like a uh, like a second serving at a Thanksgiving dinner. I'm full. Like I don't need any more Marvel after this. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Like it concluded so many character arcs that um, like I have no incentive to see anything else except for like maybe one or two characters. Um, I agree that it does deal with. Um, you know, grief pretty well, but um, I, if I can't spoil wh- why I feel like they really um, kind of, you know, uh, cut that short, but I, I feel like they didn't do justice to the, uh, the the whole processing of grief, and we can talk about that later. Uh, overall, though, it's a fun film. Um, it's actually a lot more uh, interesting than I thought it'd be going into it. And while I enjoyed it, like uh, it doesn't leave me wanting for anything more than this. Well, I feel like I should say that's kind of a success of the film. I feel like then, because they want to close the book on this chapter, right? That's why some characters are their arcs finish the way that they do. I think that I think they understand that this these actors and these stories basically are finite. We can't though I guess technologically we we're in a place where we could continue to make movies with all these characters for the next 100 years. But I don't, you know, I I think that they had a they had a story they were going to tell and it's over now. Right? And that's actually going to be one of my questions for you gentlemen. What is next, right? I know we're going to talk about that kind of generally in the final segment, but you know what? I got to pocket that because the second half of that question gets into spoilers. So I, we, uh, we'll, we'll pocket that for the spoiler segment. But I mean, It's not like everybody in the world hasn't already seen this movie anyway. It's made more than you know the GDP of some small countries. <laughs> yeah, like there, there were some theaters where it was the only film showing. Like every yeah. single theater in the Cineplex was showing Endgame and nothing else. Okay, but I'm going to stick to the format that I decided to <laughs> set it at the beginning of the show. So, I first, as I said, I think it's a miracle in film production. I mean, to be able to pull this off, 11 years, 22 films, and have it all come together this well, I think is just fantastic. Is it the greatest cinematic achievement in history? No, but in terms of, in terms of just storytelling and pulling this all together, I mean, you thought the Lord of the Rings trilogy was well done. I mean, this is just blows that out of the water when it just comes to just what setting things up and introducing character scale. and maintaining a storyline and scale. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think even though it is over three hours long, there are some characters that, that are short shrifted. I mm-hmm. think that there are some people who deserve maybe some more time. I, I maybe your captain Marvel's your Valkyries, maybe even Thor who I think has the most interesting arc of the entire film. Mm-hmm. doesn't get enough as much attention as he should. Now, maybe that could be, too, the fact that 
Matt and I, basically, Thor being at the bottom, went to the absolute top for us after Ragnarok. And also, his how he was in Infinity War. Uh, he's the one I wanted to spend the most time with, basically. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if I'm a little biased because of that. But I think, generally, that the deaths that do occur are meaningful and have real impact. Mm-hmm. Except for one, which we'll talk about in the spoiler section. And then uh, I think the set pieces are all dynamic and exciting. The action sets are just... A lot of this stuff is gorgeous and thrilling and you're on the edge of your seat. It's... I don't know if Matt and Eric... I don't know if the humor always lands. I think some of the other films, even the earlier films, were funnier. I don't know. It feels from the last few haven't has been as strong humor-wise, except maybe Spider-Man Homecoming. But I think right. a lot of the other ones, just or I guess Guardians maybe, or no, Ragnarok, right? Ragnarok would be yeah. the funniest. Yeah. But some of the larger films, the Avenger, the Infinity War, and some of the other ones just haven't, they felt a little clunkier to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's, it's given the large run times, even though some characters don't get the due I think they deserve, even though it tries to be fan service the movie as much as possible. I mean, right. they really lay out and show you almost everybody that has ever appeared basically in a Marvel film in some capacity. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's interesting that you say that it's fan service, the movie, because I, you know, just the kind of the, the wake of this is I, you know, after I watched, it, I stayed away from pretty much reading about it in any way before I went and saw this thing. And, you know, there's a lot of gripes from different people, but it just goes to show you that no matter how hard they try, they can't please everybody. And I guess mm-hmm. to an extent, I'm glad they didn't try and please everybody. They did what they wanted to do. Um, and I, and there were parts that I didn't like, you know, and, and um, I wish they had done other things. But mm-hmm. I think really, you know, as weird as it sounds, I think I feel like I have to see this movie a second time to really just kind of just kind of be in the moment of as opposed to the kind of anticipation of what's going to happen next. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, you know, I saw it on uh, Thursday night and, you know, going into it, it is such a visceral experience, you know, especially when you see it with an audience who is very enthusiastic about everything that's happening on screen. Uh, And there's one moment, uh, you know, that comes at the very end that uh, you just had to be there uh, to really experience it you know, with the audience as it's happening. And I'll talk about this in the spoiler section. Uh, But yeah, I I definitely need to see it again. I just have to plan out three hours to actually go back to the theater and sit down for it. It it is a long film, like Return of the King. It, you know, it takes a lot out of you, but it's worth it. No, it is a time commitment for sure. That is an absolute truth. So, man, there's so much to talk about, but I think it's all, you just have to really dive into everything that happens. Mm-hmm. So, do we, gentlemen, do you have anything else to to share then before we move on? Uh, Matt, why don't you start it off there? Yeah, um, I mean, I yeah. Before we get into spoiler um, territory, um, you know, I think it's I think it's a fitting cap. Um, you know, it has its flaws, but overall, it's incredibly successful. Um, I can't believe they pulled it off as well as they did, um, and that's something that, for better or worse, is going to be the model for a lot of things going forward. Um, so we'll see. Um, if I had to give it a letter grade B plus, I think, I think, uh, I think that's the, that's the right one to lay it on. 
Yeah, I would put it as a, a B. There are a couple uh, missteps that I, you know, that brought it down a bit for me, but I thought it was a good finale to eleven years worth of movies, and you know, at a rate of two or three per year, they really pulled it off. I thought they did very well. Wow, I did not anticipate that I would have the highest score of the group. But really, I'm surprised. I know. I just, I'm, I just, I think I'm impressed with the spectacle. Maybe on a second viewing, I'll drop. But I'm giving it. I originally had an A, but as I was going through today, I'm dropping it. To, I think down to an A minus. Um, I just think what it's able to juggle and how it, when it absolutely nails some of its moments, um, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor. I mean, they all ha- kind of have those key absolute nailing of moments in the film, and I think it just really works. And everything comes together so well that I'm just really, in the end, just impressed by the spectacle of this thing and what they're able to do. So I gave it right. an A minus. Look at me. Wow, that's look Being at the you. Cheerleader. I like I like how you left yourself a caveat because I was going to say the opposite caveat. I was like, I reserve the right to go higher after I watch it a second time. So there you go. <laughs> so if you've had a chance to see Avengers Endgame, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. So we're going to go ahead and then move on a little bit. Why don't we take a second and talk about what's coming up on Blu-ray and DVD this upcoming Tuesday. This is my vision of the future. Ta-da! A house? Come on, let me give you the tour. Very first one on the cul-de-sac. This is the living room, where you can live it up. TV room, dining room, planties room, kitty cat room. And out back, a double-decker porch swing, so we can always hang together. What do you think? It's going to attract aliens and get destroyed. I just thought we could rebuild the future, make everything awesome again. <sighs> Emmett, you gotta stop pretending everything is awesome. It isn't. Every morning you walk through town singing that terrible, annoying, manufactured pop song. <laughs> that song really seems to upset you. No, it doesn't. So that is a clip from the Lego Movie 2. I have to sadly say, for me, a very subpar sequel. I really enjoyed the original, but I was not as impressed with this sequel. Coming out on May 7th. If you get it from Best Buy, you get a steelbook. Target's got a little mini Lego set built in with it, which I think is pretty exciting. i like to check that out. Uh, there's also some commentary and everything is awesome sing-along, which includes trivia, games, and more. And an Emmett's Holiday Party, a Lego movie short. It's holiday themed, I guess, biting off of the Emmett Jug Band Christmas thing, that Muppet one, right? Is that what it's called? The Jug Band Christmas? Yeah, something like that. Close enough. That'll work. Matt, the horror film we saw earlier this year, The Prodigy, with Taylor Schilling, is being released. I remember enjoying that a lot more than I anticipated because it is just, it goes to some really schlocky places that I found rather entertaining. It's not terribly good. And it's not bad enough to be good, but there's some turns in that that's like, oh, yeah, that's that's daddy's spot right there. A little scratch <laughs> behind the, the ears. That's what you're <laughs> looking for. A film that I assumed would be a horror film, but is not. Uh, the, all f- the female version of what women want, what men want, <laughs> is being released. It includes audio commentary with the director, Adam Shankman, and some lead and extended scenes and a gag reel. I just don't understand. It's not something. No. 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 That'd be a great film. Right. Fidi Alvarez directs What Men Want. Uh, everybody knows, starring Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz. Ms. Cruz plays Laura, a Spanish woman living in Buenos Aires, returns to her home outside of Madrid with her two children to attend her sister's wedding. However, 
The trip is upset by an unexpected events that bring secrets into the open. Also being released is Blaze, co-written and directed by Ethan Hawke, based on the life of the musician Blaze Foley, stars Leah Shaquat, Sam Rockwell, Wyatt Russell, Steve Zahn, and Chris Christopherson. Includes commentary by Ethan Hawke, as well as behind-the-scenes featurette. Matt, that documentary about the uh, World War II that was put together by Peter Jackson, They Shall Not Grow Old, is being released as well. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing this. He used state-of-the-art technology to restore original archival footage, which is more than 100 years old. And uh, this thing is supposed to be really, really good. So we'll have to maybe check that out. Permanent Greenlight is a French film. Unlike other teenagers, Roman doesn't seem interested in sports or drugs, girls or boys. He's neither nihilist, religious, depressive, or suicidal. His goal is to vanish. Dying isn't important. He's only interested in the act's spectacular effect. Please don't misinterpret it as just a death. Supposedly, he's focused on trying to explode. It's supposed to kind of be a very black comedy and supposed to be pretty funny. Sounds very okay. Strange. There you go. <laughs> Sex Madness Revealed. Jimmy Morris, played by Patton Oswalt, has a special surprise guest on his podcast, The Film Dick. It's Chester Holloway who reveals all the secrets behind the mysterious 1939 film Sex Madness. Here's a sequel that I think everybody was clamoring for, and it's only right now being released, I believe, internationally. You all remember Iron Sky about the moon Nazis? Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So the sequel, The Iron Sky, The Coming Race, is being released, but I think it's only available, I think, in the UK. Mm. So 20 years after the events of Iron Sky, the former Nazi moon base has become the last refuge of mankind's Earth after it was devastated by a nuclear war. But buried deep under the wasteland lies a power that could save the last of humanity or destroy it once and for all. I rather enjoyed Iron Sky. Eric, did you check that one out? No, I haven't yet. It was on I've Netflix. Heard it's really for, good, though. Yeah, it was on Netflix for quite a while. That's another one that's just really shocky, but still a lot of fun. Mm. We don't always talk about TV, but when the best show on television is being released on Blu-ray, we're going to talk about it. And that's Better Call Saul season four. Includes a gag reel, a slipping Kimmy featurette, cast and crew audio commentaries for all 10 episodes, and a bunch of other stuff. Exclusive to the Blu-ray are seven deleted scenes and a couple other featurettes. I still haven't bought season three because I've been waiting for it to get to that magic price point for me, which is typically about 15 bucks for a TV season. Usually I sit on Black Friday. That thing has not dropped below like $25 yet, and it drives me crazy. And now I, I, now I got the other season. No, you just they're just they're just biding their time. They know they can wait you out, Chris. They That's can wait true. you out. And I think they didn't they just announce they pushed back season five to twenty twenty. I think they it was just it? this year, but they pushed back. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think they just started filming it. So new to Blu-ray, Criterion is releasing the heiress. When shy, fragile Catherine Sloper, the daughter of a wealthy New York doctor, begins to receive calls from a handsome spendthrift, Morris Townsend, she becomes possessed by the promise of romance. It's a new four K digital restoration. New conversation between the screenwriter Jay Cox and his film critic friend Farron Smith-Nime. New program about the film's costumes, featuring costume collector and historian Larry McQueen, and more. Criterion is also releasing David Mamet's House of Games. Have either of you gentlemen seen House of Games? No, I didn't even know it was a thing. Nope. It's one of Mamet's first films that he, I believe, directed as well as wrote. And it's about a uh, young woman, and she comes to the aid of a compulsive gambler and is led by a smooth-talking grifter into the shadowy but compelling world of stings, scams, and con men. If you like a good con movie, this one is a hoot and is well worth checking out. 
Includes commentary from 2007 featuring director Mamet. A new high-definition transfer. Some uh, new interviews as well. I have this on DVD, so I don't know if I'll be uh, upgrading it. But I'm a big uh, Mamet guy. Mine, you know, I try not to think about his politics. But still, um, I do love his films. So and what I'd love to get on Blu-ray is Spartan. Have you guys seen Spartan at all, where Val Kilmer plays the Secret Service agent and has to rescue the president's daughter? Oh, yeah, it's been a I've while. heard of it. I've never seen it. Yeah, I, that one's a lot of fun. Jim Jarmusch's Broken Flowers with Bill Murray's being released on Blu-ray, as is the Christopher Reeve, Jane Seymour film Somewhere in Time. A dear friend of mine, it's his all-time favorite movie. He's a big, weepy romantic, just like me. And American Tale, the 1980s animated classic, is out on Blu-ray as well. Kevin Costner and Swing Vote is being released. And then your 4K releases are going to be Black Hawk Down, Hellboy 2, Backdraft, and Forrest Gump, all getting 4K releases this Tuesday. Your straight-to-DVD pick of the week. A bouncer agrees to help Interpol hunt down a crime boss so that he can regain custody of his daughter from social services. That is The Bouncer, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Matt, what should we be streaming this week? Um, in honor of our um, Avengers Endgame extravaganza and our Marvel showcase, I'm going to go way back to the first film that Marvel released that um, really proved that they could, they knew what they were doing and kind of gave a glimmer of what they had in store for us. And that is Blade starring the incomparable Wesley Snipes as a half man, half vampire um, killing machine who goes around uh, fighting Steven Dorff. It's a lot better than it sounds. Um, it's available on Amazon Prime. I haven't, man. Whenever I watch Blade, I just want to go to, um, I want to go to Blade Two, Guillermo's entry. Mm. I I watched it again. It's on Netflix, I think, and I watched it again a few months ago, and I rather enjoyed it. Mm. Are you a Blade fan at all, Eric? Uh, I I think I've seen bits and pieces of all three. I don't think I've seen him like all at once because I catch it on TV. So you go to like sci-fi and it'll be in the middle of Blade 2 and like, okay, I'll sit through the rest of this and then a little bit of Blade 3 and then you have to go somewhere. So it's kind of like, you know, how the Christmas story where you never see the whole thing from start to finish. It's always just like individual scenes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's Blade for me. (laughs) Fair enough. I I mean, when I saw Blade, when it came out in the mid nineties, like it was one of those films, like you don't happen very often, but you were just had no expectations and you're just absolutely shocked at how good and competent it was, like how entertained you were. And I was, that's why it always sticks in my mind. I mean, it's not the greatest film, but I had such a low expectations and it was so much fun that I, it stuck, it stuck with me. I have to, yeah, I haven't watched that bad bear in a long time. All right, gentlemen, I think it's time. It's time to get down dirty with it. We're going to go ahead after this break and talk about the spoilers for Avengers Endgame. He used the stones again. Hey, we'd be going in shorthanded, you know? Look, he's still got the stones, so... So let's get him. Use them to bring everyone back. Just like that? Yeah, just like that. Even if there's a, a small chance that we can undo this, I mean, we owe it to everyone who's not in this room to try. If we do this, how do we know it's gonna end any differently than it did before? Because before you didn't have me. Hey, new girl. Everybody in this room is about that superhero life. And if you don't mind my asking, where the hell have you been all this time? There are a lot of other planets in the universe. And unfortunately, they didn't have you guys. 
Yeah, that's right. They didn't have uh, Carol Danvers in her cool new haircut and uh, being all Mary Sue, right? Is that the thing the kids are saying now? That she's a Mary Sue? Uh, something like that. Oh, and they were also saying that uh, Brie Larson doesn't like to rest a cast or something like that. It's, you know, Reddit fan theories. You know, it's garbage. <sighs> I hate people. So, Avengers Endgame spoilers. Matt, Eric, I don't even know where to begin with this thing. I guess let me ask you my first question for you. Um, now that, and sit down, people. Now that Tony Stark is dead. What? And Captain America is retired and in his 80s, 90s, I guess. Which is another whole thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Who's going to be the center point now going forward? Who is, is it, is it Captain Marvel? Is she like, because listen, this whole thing probably wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Robert Downey Jr. in that film. Right. And I would say the next lead would be Chris Evans as Captain America. And you've taken your two top guys off the board. Mm -hmm. Can this, are we going to be able to, we're going to see this kind of continued success and who is, your focal now who is the number who's one and two uh oh boy um honestly i i don't know i think part of me wants to say this because i could be biased but maybe spider-man um because he kind of represents one he's like their most one of their most popular character and he kind of represents the kind of uh every man as much as a superhero can be an every man kind of thing um but that's dangerous because they only have him for one more film Mm. and sony could say you know what we're ready to take him back now Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. i don't think they will because from what i understand for that deal and correct me if i'm wrong if you guys know is they finance the films and then they get the money off of the films the spider-man movies Mm -hmm. okay marvel just kind of guides it and writes it and produces does all that stuff yeah right so I don't see why they would terminate that relationship. I think they would renew it. They would re-up yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's no... They're not obligated to. Mm-hmm. And Venom did well. Not a great film, <laughs> but Venom did well. But then there's Into the Spider-Verse, too. I don't know. But considering yeah. that, you know, Disney basically has all the money in the world, like literally, and Sony is struggling... Um, I think they can easily work something out. I don't see Spider-Man being like the the new like center of like whatever is the new Avengers. If they decide to call it the Avengers, or if uh, you know they rebrand it as like uh, something else from the comics, or maybe they bring in a Fantastic Four and that's their new focal point. Uh, but that's years down the line if it happens at all. Um, the thing is, there's no one that's really charismatic enough to fill Robert Downey Jr.'s shoes in the current lineup. I mean, you get kind of close with uh, Spidey, but again, that's Sony. And uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor String has like the uh, the snark down, but he's not as like you know, affable as, uh, as Tony Stark was. So it's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where they go from here. And I think too, part of the issue is I think Doctor String's works better um, when he's teamed up with somebody. I enjoyed mm-hmm. him more as a foil. You know, yeah. as, as as with another uh, person, like in in Ragnarok, he is a, is a blast, and in Infinity War too, he's great, and in this one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't. I'm my assumption it's going to be Black Panther and Captain Marvel. Well, uh, and who's to say though? But they've got new toys now. 
I mean, that's true. They, they could bring X-Men in the X-Men. X-Men. I mean, they have not planned out anything besides Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, Guardians 3, and the Shang-Chi movie. But other than that, it's all wide open. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't I would not be surprised if they're like if they're just so so confident that how well they did with Spider-Man and just what they've been able to pull off that they're just going to be like, "You know what? We can do Captain America or we can do Fantastic Four and we can do the X-Men and we're going to do it right." I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. I just don't do you should you just abandon the Avengers franchise then at that point? Do you just do you and do you have them just show up as as like the way they the film leaves Thor is it looks like he's going to be in Guardians 3. Mm-hmm. Right? He's he's going off in the space with the Guardians. Yeah. So is that how it's going to be? Are we just going to te- keep just dropping people into other franchise, other things? So we'll have Doctor Strange throw, show up in Fantastic Four, and mm-hmm. then we'll have Black Panther and an X-Men, and that's kind of what we're going to be doing? It, it yeah. seems to kind of work, though. I mean, yeah. like you were saying, you know, all those crossovers, they make for interesting character dynamics. No, I think that's true, Matt. Yeah, I mean, um, I think... I was like some of those characters, like I think Black Panther's always going to head his own film, um, you know, um, and I think uh, Captain Marvel will be given the shot for a while. Um, we'll see how that plays out. I mean, you know, so I think she'll get her own films and kind of the center of the new cosmic side of things. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as the Avengers proper, I mean, who do we have left? We've got um, Falcon taking over as Captain America. Um, but isn't there a Falcon in, in who is it show? Is it Hawkeye? Falcon and Winter. It's Falcon, Falcon and Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. Yeah, on Disney Plus. Yeah, and there's a Hawkeye show coming out on Disney Plus. So and a Loki show. So, so, all right. So that answers one question I have. So at one point, right where they go. So as we all know, they split up in the teams to try and grab the Infinity Stones before Thanos gets them, so they can then do their own snap in present day. Right. right so that way they don't mess with the timeline i guess but i i don't know when they kill thanos i'm past version of himself i would think that then that would mess everything up because he's not then old enough to do the whatever so <laughs> this stuff makes my head hurt hey man so, it's not back to the future logic they established that very clearly back to the future is not real so whatever happened happened you can't retroactively yeah. change the past right right except how does that all right, fine, whatever. So. It creates timelines, man. <laughs> branches, branches of timelines. It's Kelvin <laughs> versus reality. Yes, basically. Yeah. Maybe this is the darkest timeline. You know, it's the. It just, is. You know, it's Community. You That's know, right. It's that episode from Community where it's uh, oh, like introductory quantum mechanics or something. That is a classic one too. Yeah. And good, nice tie-in with the Russo brothers. And of course, we had new, we had more Community characters show up in this film too. Yeah. So what the hell was I saying? Uh, they teamed up. They were all getting their own Infinity Stones. Right. So I guess so. How is Howard Mackey going to be Captain America or not? If it's Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think he is. I think he is. But I mean, it makes it, it makes it interesting because they don't necessarily then need to build, you know, a Hawkeye, you know, or um, you know, Winter Soldier. Put them in the films because they've got their own TV shows. They can play their kind of own little role of you know just showing up when they need to in the films. All right, so let's let's take a minute and talk about Captain America. So Captain America is tasked with returning the Infinity Stones uh, to the place they took them in the exact moment in time. Right. Right. So he 
goes there. And then, of course, it's that five-second thing where he'll be gone for however long it takes, but in their present daytime, it's only five seconds. Hulk tries to bring him back. He doesn't show up. He's on the on the side of a lake, sitting on a on a bench, and he's now like in his eighties or nineties or whatever it is. Right. So the Russo brothers have said that he actually went into an alternate dimension. Okay. And then is with um uh, Peggy, which is the film establishes as well, right? Because it closes right. with them dancing, right? Yeah. So he. And supposedly Russo say that he talked to Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier knew that he was going to hand off the shield to um, Falcon. Mike, where I'm, where I, where I'm trying to piece it all together is a: where does the shield come from? Because mm-hmm. it's destroyed. Is it an alternate dimension shield? Does he steals from that dimension's Captain America, and now he doesn't have a shield, or <laughs> is it like I? This is where I get. And then, does, so that alternate dimensions, Peggy doesn't marry anybody, doesn't have kids. But they also yeah. they never address who her husband is in the first in the other film too, right? It's just right. He's some unnamed guy. Well, no, in the show though, they introduce him. I think in the show. Do they? I'm I don't pretty remember. Sure, in the show, at least they they hint to who it is very right. strongly. Hmm. Um, I'm just trying. So am I getting that? Am I right? So he goes to an alternate. Well, that's the Russo brother said that he goes yeah. to an alternate dimension. But he knows to show up at that point to hand it. I'm, am well, I they converge or something? Too much about this? Yeah. Yes. Yes. You are because it doesn't. I mean, and granted, but that's what we do, and that's what the comic books are for. But you're right. Now I don't get it how it works. Now I'm irritated. So thank you, <laughs> yeah, Eric. Do you have any yeah, theory? I don't know because if he is an alternate dimension, then he wouldn't show up. You know, ninety years old at the place where he went back in time. Right. You know, he well, would be old in. The but he's, other dimension that, that he had created by going back in time. He's got the bracelet thing, which allows him to kind of come and go as he needs to, right? Mm-hmm. So can't he just zap into that point and then just be there? That's true. I guess that's maybe that's what he did. He lived a lifetime in an altered dimension, took Captain America's shield or maybe his shield or whatever. Because it was probably pre-war and then, he just, and then he just went back to where he was supposed to be in his own time. And it's what? So everything occurs five years after Infinity War. And Infinity yeah. War was, is that technically 2018? Is that? 2023. Infinity, Infinity, War, War, is, Infinity War is 2018, yes. Right, so then okay. Infinity, uh, I'm sorry, Endgame is 2023. Yeah. Okay. All right. So with the five-year jump, so that's what happens, right? So there's five, so they, they, the, first, the, the film opens with them going to try and reverse everything, and they find out that Thanos destroyed the Infinity Stones. Mm-hmm. And Thor chops off his head. <laughs> and, and then five years pass. So everything works just kind of like I said, what, a year ago. That basically they're just going to bring everybody back. Because um, there's a Spider-Man sequel. You know? The, <laughs> so what is... How does, how does it work with Spider-Man? Because right. the film closes with him back in high school. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wouldn't everybody be five years older? Ah, but see, the the thing that I read was, or basically that Ned and all the, the his friends just all conveniently were also snapped. So then basically they all come back at the same so time. Everybody at, at, at whatever it is high. Well, all, all the ones, all the named characters that matter. All the ones that so matter. Like, yeah. I mean, that that's possible. That's kind of a cheat. Yeah. It, it, also, maybe they brought Spider-Man 
back in time five years before, just after the snap, so that he could age in real time. But then again, you have... But he's in high school again. And then M- what was, cause, cause if MJ is now 21 and he's 16... Yeah, that's a whole nother issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> they're on the trip together, and so unless she's a chaperone, she's still sixteen okay. or whatever. <laughs> maybe that's something we have to wait for, like Far From Home, to address, or yeah. maybe they won't. Maybe, maybe they'll, they'll, they'll be gloss over it. There'll be like one. There'll be like one kid that we know from Homecoming that's suddenly like you know twenty five or something right. like that. You know, so. <laughs> Russo said that um, that they consider Far From Home the true ending. That's what Fiki said too. Yeah. Is it, oh, I'm sorry. It was Fiki. Thank you. Yeah. That's really the the end of everything. So I guess that's when they'll kind of set the ground rules for the five years later. Maybe that's yeah. where they'll establish all that stuff, like how everybody's impacted and how that works. Yeah. So, all right. That's some of the things I wanted to talk about. There are more, but I wanted to open it up. Eric, what were your some of your spoiler stuff that you were wanted to talk about? All right. I I gotta talk about Fat Thor. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Fat shaming Thor. Yeah, fat shaming (laughs) Thor. And also PTSD shaming Thor, too. Yeah. Like, uh, so they have this sequence where they go back in time to Asgard to steal, I think it's the reality stone. And Thor also gets Mjolnir back at the same time. And Rocket is like trying to snap him out of uh, a PTSD induced panic attack and just going like the wrong way about it. And it's treated like this joke. Um, You know, and. It's, I, I just found it incredibly hard to sympathize with Thor when people are making light of like all the shit he's been through. Matt, thoughts? Uh, well, I guess I'm just heartless because I thought it was, I was kind of on board. I wasn't thinking too deeply into it. But yeah, I actually guess... thought it was funny too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seemed, it seemed in character for Rocket because he's not exactly the most, you know, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for Sensitive. here? He's not the most. Yeah, he's not the most empathetic individual. You know, Mm -hmm. he's pretty focused on what he needs. And I guess Thor is like a caricature. Like he's, you know, all this bravado and bluster and all this kind of stuff. And that's his character. But he's also really vulnerable and all this stuff. So I think, yeah, I can see what they're saying. But what you're saying, and I, I guess, you know... Yeah, I guess that's... I can see what you're saying, but I was still okay with it for the most part. And, you know, we're going to see about how many... I mean, bets. How many Thor Lebowskis are you going to see on, on, on Halloween? You know, it's like the easiest costume. Oh, you know? yeah, Throw on a yeah. wig and no, a cardigan. And, and yeah. <laughs> I did enjoy the Lebowski crack. Yeah. Yeah, no, I it, it bothered me a little bit, the fat-shaming portion of it, I, I guess. But still, I, I had to admit it was it was pretty damn funny. It was funny. And it was good to see Korg again. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, no. I think that's that's pretty good. What else, Eric? Anything else you got for us? Okay, yeah. As far as, uh, like, spoilers, um, you know, the, the time the time heist thing did leave me a, a little uneasy. I'm glad they didn't, like, totally reverse what happened over the past five years. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it would felt like there were absolutely no consequences to spoil like the movie from about 10 years ago in Prince of Persia, they did exactly that where the main character just reverses everything that happened in the entire movie. And that was the end. And (laughs) it was a total letdown. So going into it and I saw that they were going to be doing time travel stuff. Like, uh, I don't know about this, but they, they managed to pull it off. Like it didn't feel like it was a cheat in other words. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting the way they, they approached the whole time travel thing. I thought that was uh, clever. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Matt, what do you got? All right. So first things first, um, what do you guys feel about Black Widow's death? How do well, you think? All right. So I wanted to say that. So first off, we know Loki's getting a TV show. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we don't, but he dies in Infinity War. Well, I guess we know now how he's doing that, right? Because he escapes right. in 2012. An alternate right? timeline, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so is his show going to be in an alternate timeline? That's the only thing I can. Or is figure. he actually not dead in Infinity War? Uh, well, yeah. Who knows? We'll find out. Yeah. It could be anything. Which brings us to, to Black Widow. Yeah. Um, that out of all the deaths, that's the one that bothered me the least because I know she has a movie coming out. Right now, is it going to be a prequel film? Maybe. Maybe. Is there, uh, or is it going to be like a search for Spock thing? And then she's not even the star of her own film when like no. a couple like uh, Hulk and whoever try and find her and rescue her and put the soul back in her body or something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting because I think so there's a theory is that she is trapped in the soul stone. Like her soul is trapped in the soul stone and Gamora's would be in there as well. So there's this thought that that's part of what Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is going to be about, um which I could see even though they have that second Gamora running around. Um but I, I think the Black Widow movie itself is going to be a prequel because Honestly, I feel like Johansson is in the same boat as RDJ and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and um, Evans. I think she's they've ha- she's had enough. I think she's she's like okay, you know what? I'll do my one film, but I'm okay with not being in this anymore. And I think that's that's where we're gonna end up. Yeah, I'm personally hoping for Budapest. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, gotta, they gotta go. They, they yeah, mentioned it in this film too. Yeah, like, they did. Yeah, you know, they're they're flying to Vormir, whatever the planet's called. And this is this is a long way from Budapest. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's I think that makes sense. We'll have to see. So, what about that whole SJW moment, right? When they have the shot of all the women superheroes. Because yeah. I didn't get enough male superheroes. How dare they give me? Forty-five seconds of all Marvel's superheroines. See, and here's the weird thing. So I know what you're saying, the way you're approaching that, but everything, yeah. all the complaints I've read of that have been too little, too late, and it's not earned. Like you should have done a much better job all this way time, and it's just kind of like you're just doing it because you feel like it's what you should do. That's not because it's something that you thought was a good idea. I think that's where I land on it personally as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's the thing. I, I will say this. Um, we're jaded old men. Okay. Um, but when I was in the theater, the younger kids and teenagers, they loved it. And the people that I've talked to who have daughters who went and saw this, they loved it. So, I mean, at the same time, maybe that's the way I felt about it, but who the hell am I? I mean, you know, it's not really meant for me. So, I mean, if I, if other people liked it and they thought it was good, more power to you. Maybe I'm just the grumpy old man who doesn't know what he's talking about, which is getting more true by the day. What were your thoughts about that one, Eric? Yeah, um, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, it doesn't quite feel earned. It feels a little um, uh, fan servicey. I guess is the best way to put it. A little forced. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to have that kind of moment, but uh, it didn't quite uh, work for me. Yeah, I, I agree too, Matt, with what you said, and, and you as well, Eric. I think that... Um, I had that reaction when the moment, I thought, oh, that looks cool. You know, 
little late, but that's good. But yeah. the audience, and particularly the women in the audience, flipped. Yeah. And I enjoyed that more. I enjoyed yeah. experiencing that reaction from them. And I'm like, all right. All right. That's all cool. Right. That's cool, man. <laughs> I think it could have been better, too, if they didn't pull in every woman. Like, like what the hell is Mantis going to do? Like, when she showed up, I was oh, like, what right. the hell is she going to do? Like, I mean, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, if they just had, like, Captain Marvel and you know, Iron Woman and whoever, like, whatever else. Like, I was like, okay, yeah, that's really cool. I'm on board with that. But, like, they started pulling in everybody. I'm like, mm, she couldn't do nothing. I don't know what the hell she's going to do that Spider-Man couldn't do, you know, so. I felt a little shortchanged, too, with Captain Marvel. After the buildup in her film, I really thought yeah. she was going to play a larger role in this yeah. thing. She's out of it for about two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. She yeah. shows, she's in it for about 15 minutes, and then she shows up for the last, like, 15, 20 yeah. And I really anticipated to be a long kind of protracted fight between her and Thanos. That just never happens, really. There's a, there's a brief, you know, uh, scuffle between the two of them, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does have a couple cool moments, but I was anticipating a larger presence um, from Captain Marvel than what I got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you'll notice that. Uh, I mean, I know I heard a lot. I heard a lot of people saying that, but I think that's that's also true of. Everybody. A lot of the new characters. A lot of the new characters. I mean, like Black Panther is, you know, by far the most popular one of the new characters, and he's in it for like five minutes, you know. So, yeah. like, and mm-hmm. granted, he was dead, but still, um, you know, Spider-Man was barely in it. Um, so, I think it's really. I was okay with it, just because this movie isn't about them; it's about the the core from from before. I mean, that's really the focus of the film, um, and it's mostly about Captain America, Thor, Black Widow, Iron Man, and Hawkeye and the Hulk. Um, even Ant-Man is kind of more on the periphery. So I, th- I think that was okay with that. I think that's that's what they were approaching. And I think it's even, I would even focus it more on Captain America and Iron Man. I think this yeah. is really, the Russo brothers really focused on sending the two of them off. And I think for the most part, they did well with it. Um, what do you gentlemen feel? Do you think Captain America and Iron Man's send-offs were worthy? Did they do a good job? Eric, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, you know, uh, our, the uh, the sacrifice plays to put it in the uh, first Avengers. You know that was set up well, well before this uh, with Tony Stark. So you know it felt earned. Like it felt like this was the culmination of his character. Um, and poor Steve just needed a break. Like he had been through so much. He'd been frozen in ice for was it eighty years, ninety years. Uh, you know he lost his best friend and had found out later he was brainwashed. And you know I. Yeah, it felt like it was just sort of giving him the happy ending that he really deserved. Um, how they got there didn't quite work for me, but I'm glad they got there regardless. Hmm. Matt? Um, yeah, I thought the, the Iron Man stuff was particularly well done, and I think they really did a good job of conveying like just how weary um, Captain America is of all this stuff. Um, like There's a scene where he fights himself, and they start to do the you know, I could do this all day line and he just kind of like, yeah, 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 whatever. Like starts going on to fight him. And so I thought it was good. Um, you know, the, the Mjolnir thing was cool. Um, I don't, did Thor get Mjolnir back? Did, did, or did well, he, he walk off? He, well, no, Captain America returned it. Um, okay. That was part of the Infinity Stone returns is he brought Mjolnir back. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I missed that part. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, uh, 
I think in you know the, the of the comic splash pages, the best one was Captain America standing there in the middle of the field by himself with a broken shield, Thanos' army over here, sun poking through the the clouds, and they just hold on that for a minute, and that's like basically the best way he could have gone out. That was like the best shot of the whole film is him just kind of working out his character. And the way RDG RDJ played off his played his death with I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the big moments for me too is when uh, the hammer, when Mjolnir, mm-hmm. um, Cap picks it up, you know, and he's able to. Yeah. Well, actually, the hammer just hits Thor, right, and it flies yeah. back, and it and yeah. it's to his hand, and is that was I felt that was probably one of the few moments where it was like Superman for me. So like the '78 version of Superman makes me feel like I'm 12 years old every time I watch it. <laughs> I felt like I was 12 again in that scene. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the one that really got me going. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was part of me too wondered too if like if Thanos could have picked it up, because like I think in his heart he's pure in heart and yeah. he's trying to do what he thinks is the right thing. Like what what kind of mind f would that have been if he was that able to pick crazy. it up and throw it as well? He starts beating on everybody with me on the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the only thing of the things I had to mention. I don't know if you guys have anything else. Is just kind of minor things. I think you mentioned uh, the short haircut on on Captain Marvel, which is from the comic books, which I yeah. thought was dope. Um, we got to see um, instant kill mode in Spider-Man suit for a little bit, which was very exciting for me. And um, I am incredibly pumped, and I, I hope this plays out. And I don't know what you guys think, but that it's as Guardians of the Galaxy, and Thor is kind of like a player in Guardians of the Galaxy because he is fantastic and playing mm-hmm. off of uh, Chris Pratt and everybody and Dave Bautista and all those guys. Because I really want to see that movie more than anything else that's coming out right now. Yeah. I'm glad James Gunn's back for that. I think he's going to knock it out of the park. Yeah, I agree. Any other small Easter eggs? Like um, when the building falls on the Hulk, all I thought about was issue four of Secret Wars when they drop the mountain on the Hulk and he has to hold it up and all the superheroes are trapped beneath it. That's in, I, I'm, I, I feel like I'm the only one that's noticed that so far, but okay. it has to be uh, an homage. That uh, has to be. Um, one of the questions I had is where does Loki go with the cube? I guess that's an alternate dimension thing and maybe it'll answer that in the show. Um, what else? I don't know. I guess that was about it really. It's, uh, I like the fill in the blank stuff with the Avengers film where they kind of show like why Loki had the uh, muzzle on and all the little stuff that kind of happened afterwards. Seeing Redford show up again was cool. You know, just Mm -hmm. a lot of great little touches. So, Mm -hmm. oh, and, uh, Hill Hydra. That's right. That was a great one. Too. <laughs> that, that was a great little scene too. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. So, all right. Is that it, gentlemen? Anything else? I think that's uh, it. Yeah. Good times. All right. Man. One more segment, folks. We told you it was going to be a big one. We're going to take a quick break, come back, and we're going to share our five favorite ideas for what storylines should they adapt next. Something's wrong in the lab, all right. Ah! <laughs> I caught me a wall crawler. Here at the mercy of the real green goblin. And of course, you know, I don't have any mercy. <laughs> Where's my formula, web slinger? I keep my green goblin inventions in the safe, but my formula's missing. The formula that I, as Norman Osborn, was perfecting the very moment an accidental explosion changed my life. It gave me superhuman powers and my new identity as the Green Goblin. 
Exposition Theater. So in case you're wondering how the Green Goblin got his powers, that is from Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Uh, did not make the cut for me doing a Spider-Man, uh, Firestar, Iceman movie. But wow. I'd, I'd be open to it. <laughs> I'd be open to it. So we'll start everything. I guess I'll start everything off. Eric, do you have some for us as well? Uh, yeah, I have a few that uh, on here. Um, so I'm more of a DC fanboy. Uh, so my as knowledge I. of you know the the Marvel series <sighs> is a little bit limited, and you know they did a lot of the good ones already, and some of the rest are not that great. Like I wouldn't want like Spider Man to Clone Saga, for example. Right, that would just go on and on and on. It's just no, no. I'm um, with you. So I'm going to start everything off, and I don't know if this counts or not, gentlemen, but I'm going to go with. I would like at least one what if movie a year. Hmm. So is it a good thing? I think Disney Plus is doing a what if series. Oh, are oh, they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That. Oh, nice. Oh, that's right. I think I read that. They're going to do like what if Peggy got the super soldier serum. Is that what I read? Yeah. I thought it was a comic book. They were bringing back that. They're doing a TV show? Yeah, they're doing like an anthology TV show. That would be awesome. I used to love the what if comics when I was a kid. Hmm. Yeah, those so, are good. Um, I would like to see, like, just like I want to see DC Elseworlds movie once every year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be fun. Uh, I, it'll never happen because I just don't think they'd be too, they'd be too terrified to screw up with stuff. And people would be like, wait, wait, wouldn't Wolverine Captain America <laughs> in the movie last time? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, that would be my thing, a regular what if film. But if I'm getting a show, then I guess that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eric, what you got? All right, um, I'm going to start out with, uh, this is not a story, this is more like a favorite character of mine. Um, I'd love it if they did like a Squirrel Girl miniseries, because you can have like a G-rated Deadpool style kind of character, you have that sort of, you know, metafictional element to what she does, but it's more targeted like, you know, the Teen Titans Go demographic. Mm-hmm. So you could have something that's, you know, that's fun, that's uh, a little more juvenile, um, but still has that kind of uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, no fourth wall sort of uh, aspect to it. Interesting. You know, Milana Weintraub, who voices Squirrel Girl on the animated show, was actually here over the weekend. Oh. Yeah, but, you know, the restraining order doesn't allow me to come within 100 yards. So, mm. Matt, what do you got? <laughs> um, so, my number five is the um, coming of Galactus storyline. So that's one of the very first Fantastic Four um, storylines. Um, so it's, it's obviously, it has Klaatu the Beyonder, and it has the Silver Surfer, and it has Galactica, or Galactus. Um, so I think it's just, now that Marvel has, um, I know we've kind of talked about this a lot, how they're going to bring integrate Fantastic Four well, I, I missed what you said, so I was asking you. Oh, it's, it's, it's the coming of Galactus. Oh, the coming of Galactus. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, so basically the, the first kind of big story, Fantastic Four stories. And they can bring in kind of, you know, a whole cosmic element of it and kind of introduce all that stuff. So I think that's, uh, you know, if, if they had the to kind of go with Chris's what-if thing, if they had the thing to bring in the Beyonder, I mean, that would be insane. A big, bald baby with glowing eyes. <laughs> Wait, is that like a new thing? What? The coming of Galactus? Because the Beyonder isn't that much later with Secret Wars and stuff. You're talking about oh. Uatu, the Watcher? I'm yeah, confused. the Watcher. Yes, excuse me. You're right. I am. I've messed it up. Ugh. Yes, the Watcher. You're the Marvel guy. How do I know, I know. that and you don't? I, I don't know. 
I'm going to put you guys to shame, though, as we go forward, so it's fine. <laughs> My number four, I'm going to be with Eric a little bit. I'm going to go. I don't think there's a particular storyline, but I love Kang. Mm-hmm. Kang the Conqueror. You also do it with a Mortis, which is like the future version of himself. The problem is, is that's all kind of time travel related, and I'm pretty sure we're going to stay away from time travel for a while. So it's not going to happen, but I would love to see me some Kang. I've always loved his uh, costume design, too. So there you go. Eric, what do you got? All right, my my number four is the uh, the recent run of Black Panther by Tanahisi Coates, uh, specifically um, the plot where uh, Wakanda becomes like this constitutional uh, democracy, or sorry, uh, constitutional monarchy. Uh, you know, and seeing how you know T'Challa in the MCU would deal with that kind of uh, political crisis and how that would play out, and you could pit that against you know. Uh, another villain from his repertoire that you know acts as like kind of a foil to the what's going on in the country i think that could that could play well against uh that particular storyline i still gotta read that damn it i gotta catch up Matt, have you ever read that no i haven't all right marvel guy what do you got next that's not fair i mean how many comics are you reading today these days i'm reading heroes in crisis i think that's that's pretty much it <laughs> That's that's the one thing you're reading. So cut me some slack here. Oh, buddy. you know, and and uh, I I've picked up uh, the trade paperback of uh, Bendis's run on Superman. Which yeah, is really good. I'll have to re I'll have to resubscribe to Marvel Unlimited since I'm going to probably end up subscribing to DC Universe as well. It's five so bucks I, I think right now for three months. Is it? A month, oh wow, yeah. it's pretty cheap. I don't know about that DC Universe. I know they're finally putting a bunch of comics online that yeah. instead of just like one number one issues. Yeah, but. I've seen a couple issues episodes of Titans and not good. It's too damn dark. I don't understand. And then like Ezra Miller says, "Oh, I'll just write the film myself, the Flash movie, so we can get this yeah. thing going." I want to make it really dark, and I'm like, "Oh, come on!" <laughs> you can't make the Flash dark. He's ridiculous. Everything about the Flash is ridiculous. Sorry, right, go ahead. What do you got? All right, so um, my number four is the probably most famous Spider-Man story um, is Craven's Last Hunt. It's about... Um, yeah, I thought about that, but how do you do that as a main arc for the whole thing? Well, no, I wasn't... I don't think you could do a main arc um, with that. I think it'd just be a, a... And I have another one that's not a main arc um, on here, so just forewarning, but um, I think it'd be a really cool story to tell for Spider-Man. It would be, but it doesn't fit the parameters of our discussion. So, way to go. Now, wait a minute. You you cheated. You just gave me a character for your last pick. Yeah, but you could do a big overarching thing with Kang going through time and having to stop him from changing stuff. Basically, like Legends of the Tomorrow show, but you're they're fighting Kang as he's going through and screwing up with time. He, you know, Basically, that's how you work in the what-ifs. God damn it, I'm a genius. <laughs> Kang goes through and he changes the origins and moves stuff around, right? And everything changes. And all of a sudden, it's it's Mary Jane as Spider-Man. Or you got um, uh, the Hulk is, you know, Rhodey or something. I don't know. It's it's a whole thing. See? There you go. I know what I'm talking about. Very good. Initially, I had Secret Invasion. But then that's blown up by Captain Marvel because they made Skrulls good guys. So that doesn't work. It was like that or uh, the Kree Skull War. Again, doesn't that probably won't work as well because the Kree are now good slash bad guys. They're imperialists, right? I don't know. So I ended up changing it, going with Avengers versus X-Men, and this is how you introduce Doctor Doom. Mm. 
mm. as the orchestrator behind it all. Mm-hmm. But you get the X-Men in and you have the Avengers and there is a slow burn maybe for a couple films where we introduce the concept of the mutants and one or two of them pop up. Uh, and then there's a whole big issue and then uh, Doctor Doom is seen behind the scenes kind of orchestrating everything, kind of build up fright and fear of the mutants, which of course is a double for, you know, fear of immigration and the racism and all that stuff. So it's also timely and all this other full fun stuff. So there you go. It's the uh, Avengers vs. X-Men. That's how you get the X-Men and Doctor Doom in. And I'll also do that later on. But go ahead. All right. So, uh, so my number wait, three. Wait. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Be patient. I'm, sorry. I'm yeah. used to I'm used to the usual <laughs> process here. Oh, I'm just the third wheel here. Uh, <laughs> so my my number three is House of M. Um, because we have, you know, Scarlet Witch, um, and, you know, Wanda can go in a few directions after this film. You know, she's lost vision for good. You know, she's still grieving over that. Clearly you, you see that at the end of this movie, you know, what if she decides that, you know, she figures out her power is such that she can alter reality and she decides, okay, I'll, I'll just fix things so that vision comes back. Sort of the reverse of what happens in House of M, where she says, no more mutants. Instead, she says, I'm going to bring back the people that I love. And, you know, seeing how it affects the timeline. And you have kind of like this sort of, you know, alternate reality sort of thing. And she comes to realize, oh, maybe this isn't the best thing after all. And she learns to, you know, live with her grief. That would be interesting. Now, that's one of the things I don't get, is what her powers are. They, they're not very well defined in the MCU. It's more like, uh, you know, she can make things kind of explode and she has some like, you know, mind controlling powers. But yeah, it's very ill defined. So, I mean, her, you know, her power level can increase quite a bit since there's no like definite cap on it. Hmm. Interesting. Matt. Yeah. Didn't she get her powers through one of the Infinity Stones anyway? Oh yeah, it was in the, the films, the MCU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah, she's not a mutant in that version. Right. No, she's not. Okay, so um, my number three is then um, Annihilation. So that's the storyline where Annihilus escapes from the negative zone and leads a, a like a basically a cast of bad guys um, and sends a wave of energy across the universe. And it really kind of brings in like all of the cosmic kind of stuff. So you got Galactus, Silver Surfer, you know, um, the Eternals, which they're making a movie out of. It creates a Super Scrolls. Um, so like, I think if they did that, it's kind of a way to kind of blast it all the way across. And in that was also a really big player was uh, Nova, which I think is something they should try and bring in, even though I know they had the Nova core. Um, in the original guardians but having the actual nova prime proper i think could be really cool if they kind of really but it would really have them focus on their cosmic stories mm-hmm. uh, yeah i'm not familiar with that storyline at all I, okay. my marvel reading pretty much caps out at um right before all the clone war stuff mm-hmm. eric larson i think was drawing amazing spider-man at the time so uh my heyday though is like black suit spider-man web of spider-man you know yeah that stuff. Mm-hmm. so Interesting. I'm assuming that's a good pick. I don't know. <laughs> my number two then is the coming of Galactus as well. Oh, okay. There you go. I think outside of my number one, I think the most surefire bet when you have a one have a gigantic real universe or at least planet Earth threat, I think Galactus is what you go with. Mm-hmm. And it's another way to to introduce the Fantastic Four. That's mm-hmm. how you get them in here. So um yeah, I think Galactus is a great villain. 
and because he's not really so much a villain as he is a force of nature. Mm-hmm. So, and as I said, it's a way to backdoor in the, the, the FF. So, there you go. You already talked about it, so Galactus is my two. Mm-hmm. Eric? Uh, yeah, my number two, again, it's a character, it's not a story arc, but like a Goodfellas-style movie about Joe Fixit. You know, the uh, alternative Hulk where he's more of like a mobster, and enforcer type. And uh, he transforms into Joe Fixit Knight. You know, he goes and he, you know, beats up people for these, uh, for the mafia. And then in the morning he returns to Bruce Banner. He did that for a while in one of the runs. I can't remember exactly what. Uh, but he's gray as Joe Fixit. And then, you know, there's apart from like Savage Hulk, which is greed and the like half dozen other ones. But that could be like a good uh, fellas style kind of thing where you have like this Scorsese montage of, uh, you know, gray Hulk going out and, you know, throwing around witticisms and shooting up people and bashing them in the head. There you go. What like a planet Hulk? I mean, they already did. Is that is that what they did with Ragnarok? What was the one they did with Ragnarok? You probably have to unmute yourself, Matt. That'd probably be the way to go. That would help. Um, yeah, it's uh, that is they they did use part of Planet Hulk in because okay. Hulk is a gladiator. Kind Which of is thing. the one where he takes over the planet? Isn't that Planet Hulk? Or, or no? World that's War that's Hulk? World War Hulk. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So my number two is the 2015 version of Secret Wars slash Time Runs Out. So basically what this is, is Marvel's version, kind of, of like Crisis. Um, So essentially, all of these heroes from different um, universes and parallel dimensions, they all get kind of sucked into this thing called Battle World. And really what they all do is they have a mini-series where they all fight each other. um, But at the end, basically the events of Secret Wars causes all of those universes to collapse into one universe and that's the main marvel universe they all, so that's how you get miles morales and you know um spider gwen you get all of them kind of coming into the main marvel universe so if they did that that would be a way that they could use to kind of explain where mutants have been you know they could bring in the x-men from another version they could bring in miles and how they could introduce that so all of these kind of properties that they're getting their hands back on again if they did that they could that's a way they could kind of in canon way to kind of explain why all of these things are here all of a sudden Mm -hmm. okay well my number one is the original secret wars oh okay i think it's a how you see you can't now but how how you could introduce (laughs) venom proper into the Marvel Studios version, because that's right. where the original shit comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so if you're not familiar with Secret Wars, um, a few here, the, the Beyonder, as Matt mistakenly identified earlier, mm-hmm. uh, there's a little rift or something that opens up in the universe and he finds and sees Earth and he sees all the heroes and villains. So he brings them all to a planet he creates from other planets and he assembles one and he basically watches as they fight. Mm-hmm. And... It was one of like the big, one of the big influential comic stories of my time when I was a kid. I absolutely loved this thing, and it is just—it's a ton of fun. And the only problem is, I'm trying to wrap my head around on what you would do. So you would do a Secret Wars movie every year, and then you do another other other Marvel movies with this with dealing with the fact that these heroes are gone. And after what two years, maybe you could close it up. Hmm. I'm not sure. I haven't worked out the the beats on that yet. But I just would love to be able to uh, do that. And Matt, maybe that's another way you do that. Just like you said with your Secret Wars, 
is you then return them all to Earth. And then there's Secret Wars mm-hmm. 2 when the Beyonder comes to Earth, mm-hmm. which was not as good. Yeah. Uh, but still, that's, that's my number one. And the reality is they probably pick from all three versions of their Secret Wars to kind of just come up with something, the best thing they could come up with, you know? That's true. Yeah. yeah. Pick and choose. What do you got, Eric? Close right. out there. So my number one is... Uh, a proper adaptation of the the nomad uh, storyline from Captain America. So back in the uh, late sixties, early seventies, Captain America, or sorry, Steve Rogers gives up his title because he's so disgusted by what's going on in Vietnam and the Nixon era and all that, and he just goes off on his own for a while and becomes like Easy Rider. Uh, but <laughs> you know, we haven't that really ridiculous seen... nomad costume too. With yeah, the short cape and the <laughs> yeah. But we haven't we haven't seen him like really challenge his patriotism in the movies. There's like proxies for it where like he gives up faith and shield after he realizes it's been Hydra all along, and you know, of course there is the fallout from uh, Captain America's Civil War. But he's still like American through and through. And seeing when he you know seeing his patriotism really challenged and what that would do to his character, and you could fit that in because he's actually getting older. Now mm-hmm. in the alternate timeline where he's going to be about, you know, maybe 50 around 1970 since he went back in time. So there's a possibility they could, they could fit that in that way. But, you know, that's sort of that's like my, that's my fan wet dream, basically. Gross. So my, <laughs> <laughs> my, <laughs> I gotta say, out of all the characters in MCU that they were going to adapt when this thing all started. Cap was the one I was the most concerned about. Because I was like, man, it's just going to be so boring. He's going to be so, yeah. oh, shucks. You know, kind of thing. Yeah, and Chris Evans really did a great job with that. You know, and it, it, it's it's whenever people say, well, it's impossible to do a Superman movie because he's he's so good. And he's a, that I, I point to the MCU's Captain America with Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. That's how you do that character. Yeah, you know, just and it's I. He was probably in the end, maybe my favorite character, even with Ragnarok, even with Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. The one I enjoyed watching the most was probably Chris Evans as Captain America. Mm. That's saying something. Yeah. All right, Matt. What do you got? This is it. All right. So my number one is is doesn't fit the criteria. So, but I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. Not sorry. But uh, I want to see a a. Uh, I want to see a film or a show Ooh, or something. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Based off of uh, Marvel. So um, if you guys don't know what this is, um, it's basically the Marvel Universe as viewed through the major events of the Marvel Universe as viewed by an ordinary person. So basically it's all follows this reporter who's there for the original like uh, Human Torch, the Android version, Captain America, you know, sees all the stuff happening in the 60s with the mutants and Spider-Man, all the way up to even Galactus. Um, and it's kind of like as he ages through the whole thing and just kind of a, a voyeur or a, a bystander's view of what it's like for the like ordinary people to be kind of completely removed but see all this stuff kind of going on around them. It's really, really good. Um, if you haven't read it, you should check it out. But it's, uh, it's, it's a fantastic. It's my favorite, actually, Marvel storyline. Who wrote it? Kurt Busiek wrote Kurt, that. Am I right? Yeah, he did. yeah, okay. and Wade, uh, Wade uh, uh, did the art too. So it's very. It looks like Ross. Yeah, yeah, Ross. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I uh, I remember reading that when I was younger too. Yeah, that is a good one. I still prefer. I think the no, it was Wade and Ross who did uh, 
Kingdom Come. Yeah. Mm. So now that is a movie I would like to see. I would someday. love to see that too. Mm. But that that the problem with that is that has some deep deep mythology to it. Like if you're like I wasn't super in like like up on date on that kind of stuff. I know it's tough for me to follow for just like the average person. Nobody's going to know what the hell's going on in that. Hmm. Good times. All right, gentlemen, any honorable mentions, any of them that didn't make the cut that you would still like to see? No, I mean, my picks are so great. I thought I, I hit it out of the park in one go. <laughs> Eric, did you have any others? I, I just hope they do Dr. Doom right. Yeah, that's, he has yet to be done right. Yeah. And I would like to see that. Um, I had the Captain Universe storyline, maybe with Spider-Man, and it pops around from hero to hero, if you're not familiar with Captain Universe. It's a cosmic power that imbues itself on certain people when the situation requires it to do some extraordinary event. And there was a point where Spider-Man had the power, which is basically like Silver Surfer lever stuff where you can do whatever that, you know, it's just you don't have unlimited abilities. Right. So um, that might be fun. And also Fall of the Mutants. I thought when the X-Men come on board would be pretty good. Or the Mutant Massacre. That's of course, was my X-Men reading. The Chris Claremont, John Romita Jr. time frame there. So there you go. All right. Before we go, gentlemen, I have one final question for you. This film is making a ton of money. It's been out for, what, not even a week. Right, and it's made one point five, almost one point five billion dollars. That's insane. <laughs> so four hundred and twenty-seven here domestically, and a little over a billion uh, internationally. Is this good or bad? Um, for film, the film industry as a whole, the success of this film and Disney's continued purchasing of of, of other studios. Oh, okay. Well, it's two separate issues, right? Like, it's not a zero-sum game. Mm-hmm. You know, you, lots of movies can make lots of money. Uh, the fact, though, that Disney is now a de facto monopoly on, you know, you know, studio content, that is worrisome. Yeah. I don't... I'm concerned, like, Warner Brothers have learned the wrong lesson with the success of The Dark Knight, where they feel all their superhero movies have to be grounded in reality and be dark as hell. Mm-hmm. Right. That... Maybe some of the studios will learn this lesson as well. Well, this is what we need to do. We need to do superhero sequel movies. And it's already, we already get, what, 10 a year at this point now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the the, the big problem is the theaters. Mm -hmm. Because when you have a success like Disney does, you can dictate terms. Yeah. And the theaters don't make a lot of money off of these films. You know, they have to, they have a long run life, thankfully, which does help the theaters, but they get a much smaller cut of the profits of the box office, I should say, than they would other films. Mm -hmm. And it's real, it's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. And just the overwhelming behemoth that Disney also is becoming, if they do end up buying Sony, and now you have basically one, it's Sony, it would be what, Disney, Warner Brothers, and who's left? That's not. That's a major player. Uh, Universal, maybe. That would be what Viacom or. Is... Yeah, I guess that would be it, right? Yeah. And then you have your smaller ones that are still out there, but still, I mean, that is dangerous. Yeah. I mean, it's only a matter of time. Like I think we've said, where Disney just buys a theater chain. Yeah. Oh, that's so. coming. That's happening. Mm-hmm. So I mean, AMC just got sold. They just got bought by somebody. Did they? I wasn't uh, aware. Yeah. Of that. Yeah. Somebody told uh, me that. I'll I... take away my beloved A list. 
I know. I, I, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, whoever the buyers better not mess with the A-list because it's the best thing that's out there. Mm. Um, well, I'm of, I'm of two minds of this. I can see what you guys are saying. Um, but, but, um, for the type of movies that they're releasing, these kind of big budget tentpole things, they've shown that A, they have a willingness to kind of throw the budget at it that they need to to make it a decent film. And, and all of these films have been, for the most part, middling. They've been good. They've been okay for the most part. Like, none of them have been like a real stinker, you know? And I, I find it hard to argue. I, I understand everything that you're saying and I agree with you. But the product, man, I like the product they're producing. And that's that's the kind of double-edged sword. Like, I'm all about yeah. the smaller films and stuff, too. But, I mean, you need these kind of huge, big kind of media extravaganzas and, like, Im- limitless amounts of money for to make these things good. I mean, just look at what Roger Corman tried to do with some of this stuff. Um, <laughs> and that shows you what you can, what having no money will do. So. If it if that's what it takes to be kind of getting these same kind of you know for your big kind of blockbuster summer films that start in March, um, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, they they aren't all like super expensive though. Like Captain Marvel was only like 160, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Panther was about 150. Like those yeah. are that's practically like a middle you know middle of the road budget for any kind of tentpole film nowadays. So you don't need like 300 million or however much they spent on Endgame to make a decent movie. Yeah. Uh, Endgame was 356. Yeah. Jesus. Um I do worry though. Quarter that, of that goes to Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. It's <laughs> like 20%. He's yeah, he will never have to work again. Uh but I I worry that there might be a bubble. Uh you know, I mean, there are like so many of these superhero movies every single year and eventually the marvel magic will go away no uh, it will yeah it can't last forever i think part of it is though is that just think of how long like i mean these stories have been going on since the 50s and 60s and stuff like that and it's just now that they've been in like the last like 10 years that they've been able to do these things justice so i think we still got a little bit of time but you're absolutely right it can't last forever it's gonna it's going to deflate at some point, and we'll see what happens when we get into phase four with a bunch of characters that nobody really cares about. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It will be interesting. And um, finally, I know I said that was the last question, but it just occurred <laughs> to me. Are we all okay with the fact that a rat basically saved the universe? <laughs> I, I'm totally okay with the fact that Doctor Strange saw that a rat was going to trip over the one switch that brought ant-man back from the quantum realm and he was counting on that for that to happen i'm totally okay with that you know i mean stuff happens if i'm okay with a guy using a magic gem to pull a moon out of the sky and like not kill a bunch of people i'm okay with a rat flicking a switch that's more believable than anything else (laughs) i guess i can't really argue with that can i all right so that is Whew, that is it. It was a long one, but it was a relatively entertaining time. Eric, I want to thank you uh, for joining us this week. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for yeah, having thanks, me. Thanks, Eric. Um, coming up next week, uh, we'll probably be talking about what? Long shot, maybe? Or the like, intruder, yeah, that Dennis Quaid movie where he plays this creepy stalker guy that owns his old, you know, of his old house. Mm. Definitely long shot if I get a choice. Something? We got lots of Something. stuff. 
We got yeah. stuff. There's a ton of stuff. So don't forget to check out Eric's blog at Full of Fried Fish. Is that a dot com? Is that sufficient for us? Or uh, should we go to the blog.ericgurn.com? Yeah, I, either one should work. You just type it into Google, you'll find it. And that's Eric with a K. G E R N as in Nancy. No, N as in Nancy. Yeah. It's a little Archer joke for you. Check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Do a search for the first run. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Eventually you'll find us. Go over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. That's how other people are going to find the show. And that's it. It's been 11 years and more to come. So we're going to go ahead and take an extended break and we will see you all soon. I could do this all day.